I spent a long time in the military. You know what this is? Dereliction of duty and conduct unbecoming. I don't know when the next election cycle is coming, but it's going to be some changes. Um, you've, I can see it coming. So I came here to tell you that the game's about to change. Inquiries have just begun, along with a lot of digging. I don't know about everyone else here, but for me, things just aren't adding up, and I'm going to find some answers. Thank you for your time. You have been put on notice. You have inappropriate books in your schools, and you're not being transparent about this to the people who elected you into office. Sadly, you are more concerned about political scoreboards than you are the law, and what you are exposing are minors too. You will be held accountable. So, um, <laughs> we have a Santa Rosa County School Board meeting. It took place uh, about not quite two weeks ago, a little bit less than two weeks ago. Um, I give credit to WEAR for raising my awareness of this particular meeting. I the school board meetings are ones that I sometimes watch and don't always watch. And honestly, it's just mostly because it's, um, you know, it's just one extra level of meeting that it's hard to watch all of them and get the time. But uh, sometimes I force myself in Escambia County to, you know, and Escambia, you know, the, the challenge is additional that there's like, you know, four meetings for every one meeting. You know, and each meeting is like 18 hours long. <laughs> it's like watching zoning board meetings. They're so long. Anyway, but in Santa Rosa County. Parents are upset about the uh, the books, the pornography that is in the schools or that they claim is in the schools or that was in the schools but has been removed. You that you get this argument. I've uh, been having this conversation in both counties for quite some time now, um, largely since the bill last year was passed, uh, what is it, That's HB 1069, that um, required you to get rid of the inappropriate materials and Look, the uh, lawyer for Santa Rosa County School Board gave this very long, very good, very thorough explanation of what are the protocols, which books, uh, you know, which content needs to be gotten rid of. And kind of the, the shortest version of this that I can give you is that you've, you've got to get rid of anything that a minor can't have, you know, outright pornography. Nobody, you know, you can't have, I mean, it's pornography, so nobody under the age of 18 is supposed to have that. But then there's things that are, you know, and sort of the question is always like, well, what is exactly pornography? Well, I know it when I see it, or obscenity, as the old, you know, Supreme Court line goes, I know it when I see it. Um, the challenge is that it's not as obvious which things are pornographic. Now, there is a definition that we're kind of going with. There's not a clear, you know, this is the standard for everything. But as the attorney for the Santa Rosa School Board, uh, Terry Harmon, explained. So that is what the Department of Education has included within their training materials for what is pornography. Again, erotic behavior in pictures or writing. So it can be in a book. doesn't have to be pictures intended to cause sexual excitement. That's one category of that first grouping of you must remove and discontinue if it is found. So anything that is designed to arouse you is not supposed to sexually, that portrays or depicts or describes uh, sexual activity, that's got to go. That's nobody who's a minor is supposed to have access to that. Of course, the problem is, well, what about descriptions of sexual activity 
that are not designed with what you might call the prurient goal of arousal, but are simply designed to give you a more accurate or vivid portrayal of a scene in which sex is crucial or sexual activity of whatever sort is crucial to the plot of the story. And when the plot of the story or the character development or the lessons of the story are meaningful in some greater artistic or literary way. And there, are, there are some people, um, let's say, uh, you know, social conservatives, generally speaking, who would say, well, there's no such thing. You know, there's, there's no work of uh, fiction for which there's an overbalancing interest, for which there's a value of art that outweighs the problem of the sexual depiction. And, I mean, that's a position that people take, okay? Um, the law allows for some, okay, I would say, uh, erotic content, as long as it's not erotic for the sake of being erotic, but it's sort of sexual for the sake of making the point in an overarchingly artistic way that is useful for the, you know, the the whole merit of the work, so to speak. And the question is, of course, you know, at what age should people be exposed to that? You know, no six, six-year-old or even sixth grader should be reading that. What about a 17-year-old in high school? You know, where do you start drawing these lines? Because, again, they're very difficult lines to draw sometimes. Other times, they're very easy lines to draw. And one of the books that came up for conversation is this book called 33 Snowfish. And it's sort of the the book of the moment that people are very, you know, unhappy about. And there's apparently some controversy around this book. The book itself, I mean, around the, the, the incident in, in Santa Rosa County. Um, one of the challenges with this particular book is that if I told you just the, like, basic story of this book, if I, to, if I just read to you kind of the plot of this book, you'd be like, Good Lord, really? <laughs> this this is the book that we're fighting about? Like, this is the book that people are uncertain about? Then here, I'll, I'll, I'll just read you a little bit of it. And this is not, I'm not going to actually read you from the book. I cannot read you on the air from this book. The portions of it. There were portions read at the school board meeting that, you know, I wish I hadn't heard, okay? This is not a book that kids ought to be reading. But here's just so you understand the story. Uh, 33 Snowfish follows the character of Custis, a 10-year-old. The ages here matter a 10-year-old orphan living with his owner, Bob Motley, who sexually abuses him. In a dilapidated house in Rockdale, Illinois, uh, after overhearing that he was to star in a snuff movie, that's where you die, uh, Curtis steals a small pistol and escapes through a hole in the wall. While hiding from Motley's crew and begging for quarters in a video arcade at the Joliet Mall. I grew up in Chicago, so all these places are familiar to me. Um, Custis spots Booby, whose real name is Darren Flowers, a strange boy with black eyes and a single painted fingernail. Custis decides to follow Booby into Crazy Lou's Woods, a private woodland supposedly owned by an ex-military cat farmer. Stay with me. Custis and Booby soon become friends, Custis having no home, and Booby, who has an unstable relationship with his parents, set up a makeshift home in the woods with a tent and and steal electricity from a nearby paper factory. Soon they're joined by Curl, Booby's 14-year-old girlfriend who's addicted to drugs and supports herself as a prostitute. And finally, Booby's baby brother, whom Booby abducts after murdering his parents. The four of them take to the road in a stolen black Skylark to flee the police who are searching for Booby, engaging in dumpster diving robbery and begging in various Chicago suburbs along the way. I mean, it's it's just a classic Mark Twain plot, right? I mean, it's just... It's just Huck Finn in modern times, right? Isn't it? Basically just the same thing. 
14-year-old prostitutes and child sex slaves and snuff films. and It's what every 8th grader should be reading in the young adult fiction section, right? <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, this is not a book that children ought to be reading at the school library. If you want your child, and look, I I read a lot of things as a kid. My parents were extraordinarily liberal on the, you know, exposure to information scale. I read a lot of things that I do not and would not let my kids read. But that's the point, right? You know, you can choose to let your kid read stuff to a degree, and that's your choice. But to have it available in the library, and, you know, of course, remember in the libraries we have these layers, right? There's the everybody can read everything layer. There's the, you you know, you can read the, you know, most things with some restriction. And then, of course, you can ban your kid from the library, from the, from the school library. But should a book like this be in any school library in Santa Rosa County, you know, should it be in... If if you think it should be in some, should it? You think it should be in the high school library? You think it should be in the you know middle school library? You think it should be in the elementary library? And again, you know, some of the facts here have been in dispute. Um, but the short version is that you had a like a par- somebody claimed to be a parent of a kid and claimed that this book was on the shelf in the elementary school, and it turns out that apparently the book is not, never was, and that. There's no such student and not even the parents, not even a parent. Like it's all made up. In October, it was presented to you that there was a book in an elementary library called 33 Snowfish. We, the, the superintendent asked that parent to do a reconsideration document. We still have not received that reconsideration document. So we reached out to the parent. The parent indicated that their child was in elementary school. We contacted the principal of the elementary school who is very, very familiar with their community. That principal had no idea who the parent was. We tried, the the principal tried to reach out to the parent twice. Again, we have not found this parent or a child of this parent in any of our systems. Then they went to check for the book, and the book is not in any elementary school, he says. This is uh, Michael Thorpe. He is the, uh, oh, Michael's t- title is, uh, he's one of the assistant superintendents uh, for instruction materials, I think is his title. Anyway, um, they say it's not in the elementary school. It had been in two high schools, but it had been removed already for lack of circulation, like nobody was checking it out. So <laughs> here you have this insane book, right? That has, trust me, content I cannot read on the air in addition to the plot, which should not surprise you based on the plot summary. But, you know, this shocking book that, you know, was in the high school, but nobody even cared. They were ignoring it. Um, And then they went to look just to verify. And so I just want to set the record straight there that that it was presented to you that that book was sitting currently sitting in an elementary library. It was not. And we're not even sure that that person who said they were a parent has children in our district. If they do, they're not in our system anywhere. And the principal of the school that was noted to us has no idea who this person is. And you have all kinds of intrigue here, like kids being basically, I'll just say, recruited to check out books, to give to adults, to then take it to the sheriff, to then report the librarian so that a librarian can get like threatened or arrested. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's going on right now in Santa Rosa County. It's just wild. So Linda Sanborn, board chair, says. So you are telling us 
that someone who gave public comment between midnight and 1 a.m. that night, that morning of October 13th, stood up and told us lies and told the community lies? It appears so. That's a very political answer. Thank you. I think she meant diplomatic, but right. So they have this long conversation in the Santa Rosa County School Board meeting about books and processes and how do you remove them and the short takeaway of this very long conversation is that Karen Barber, the superintendent, says, look, fill out a form. Certain people are eligible to fill out complaint forms or reconsideration forms, they call them. And we then will go through the process. If it's alleged to be a violation, we withdraw it, we review it, then we either put it back or we discontinue it, remove it entirely, whatever. There's a whole process for this. And she says, look, we don't know all the books because it's been decades we've been accumulating these books and it's certainly possible that some of them are inappropriate. So help us find those books and we'll help get rid of them from, you know, that's the goal. But you've got this kind of wartime mindset where the parents and especially Moms for Liberty have kind of come to the belief that somehow the administrators and the principals and the media specialists are all like creating these secret collections of pornographic harmful material that kids are reading and, you know, they're ruining these kids and they're not willing to get rid of these books. And It'd be a whole lot better if people would just kind of work together on this, which was her message. Like, hey, let's work together. Nobody wants to see this crap in our schools. And if it got in there by mistake, how? We'll talk about maybe later and figure it out. But let's just get rid of it because that's a book that should not be in any school. You want to go to the library, public library, and get it. You want to pay for it for your kid to read it, fine. But it shouldn't be in any school library, right? I mean, this is not hard stuff. 524. There are other harder books that are more difficult to figure out. That one's not difficult. 524 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi, Rizm Kism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Skyrizzy, there's nothing on my skin. And that means everything. your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit skyrizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. Join Cat 5 Hurricane Fabric this Thursday at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Cat 5 Hurricane Fabric is one of the least expensive hurricane protection systems available. It is strong and safe and defends against wind, water, and flying debris. The professionals from Cat 5 Hurricane Fabric will be here to take your calls and answer any questions you may have about protecting your home and family during a storm on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at vfw.org.
News Radio 923 AM 1620 is accepting applications for employment. Periodically, we have openings in sales, business, news, promotions, engineering, production, and programming. We'll keep your application for consideration when such an opening occurs. We also provide internships for qualified students. Apply online at News Radio 923 or at our studios at 7251 Plantation Road between 8:30 a.m. and 5:30 p.m. ADX Communications is an equal opportunity employer. Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings before Pep Talk on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Oh, hold on, hold on one second. This installation has a substantial dollar value attached to it. They can bill me. I say we take off a nuclear facility from space. That's the only way to be sure. You go, Ripley. 528 on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. I got a text in from somebody who says, Yeah, well, um, some of these parents, while they're spending all their time at the school board meeting protesting uh, these bad books, their kids are at home on the internet watching porn on their cell phones. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say, yeah, it may be true, you know. Of course, then again, uh, they these parents, some of them may be more like us. You know, we didn't give our kids phones for the longest time, and we didn't have plans for them, and they basically were only to use them as, like, tablets, you know, so on the Wi-Fi. Um, they were pretty careful with what they – but, I mean, they still saw a lot of stuff that we wish they wouldn't have seen. You know, that that happens. Um, but, like, they didn't have – they still don't have social media. I mean, I have a 19, a 17, and 15-year-old. The only social media they've got at all is they use Discord to talk to their friends, but, in, like, regular social media? Oh, hell no. <laughs> No, 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 no. And they don't even care. They're like, well, I don't I don't even know why we'd want that. Good. Keep it that way. You'll be happier. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David. Israel and Hamas have now agreed to extend the ceasefire for another two days. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby tells reporters that Hamas has agreed to release another 20 hostages as well. Uh, Kirby says he believes that there are less than 10 Americans still being held by Hamas. Uh, Former President Trump will be the final witness in the New York civil fraud trial against the Trump Organization. Attorney Chris Keiss says uh, the former president will testify December December 11th and uh, Donald Trump Jr. will testify again on December 6th. And Sports Illustrated has deleted several articles from its website, Andrew, after they were published under fake names with author headshots apparently created with AI. Uh, The existence of these articles was... uh, was found in a report from Futurism. They said they couldn't find any evidence the authors existed and then found the headshots for sale on digital marketplaces. Yeah, this is crazy. One of the writer's names is Drew Ortiz. Drew has spent much of his life outdoors and is excited to guide you through his never-ending list of the best products to keep you from falling to the perils of nature, reads his bio, now deleted from SI. Uh, But Ortiz doesn't seem to exist in the real world, but you can buy his face at AI-generated headshots. <laughs> Neutral white young adult male, it says. And <laughs> and there are others. And apparently a lot of this was used to, like, promote products. So SI is purchasing fake online author slash influencers for commercial purposes? It's... The, I don't, the world's crazy. I don't even understand. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. It's the fifth day of a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas in Gaza, with the original four-day agreement extended now until 
at least Thursday morning. Another 11 Hamas hostages and 33 Palestinian prisoners held in Israel were released last night. So far, only women and children have been released, Israeli hostages for Palestinian prisoners. But now Hamas says it's keen to swap what it calls other categories as well. Some of the people it still holds are husbands or fathers of those already freed. Fox's Jonathan Savage. House Speaker Mike Johnson says there could be a vote this week to expel New York Republican George Santos from Congress. It remains to be seen. Um, I've spoken to Congressman Santos uh, at some length over the holiday and talked to him about his options. Santos calls that conversation positive. The House Ethics Committee accuses him of deceiving donors and stealing from his own campaign. He also faces 23 federal criminal charges. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 92.3. A little bit chilly this morning. It's 44 degrees right now. Partly cloudy skies in Pensacola. Well, now that Thanksgiving is over, pressure from the White House will be turned up on Congress to approve spending aid for Ukraine, Israel, and the southern border. Congressman Matt Gates says each issue needs to be taken up separately. I think we should all responsibly acknowledge that they deserve their own dignity. The problem is most Republicans don't support continuing U.S. involvement in Ukraine. That becomes a political weight. And most Americans do support continuing uh, to keep our close alliance with Israel well-resourced and on the right track. The White House currently asking for $106 billion with the goal of having that approved by Christmas. However, Republicans are split on more aid for Ukraine. Gates says the issues at the southern border isn't a money problem, but rather issues with policies. Scambia County investigators continuing to search for at least one suspect in connection to a shooting in Cantonment on Sunday. Sheriff Chip Simmons says that happened on Shepherd Street, almost in the exact same location as another shooting last August when somebody was shot in the face. They're looking into whether those two incidents are connected. There was a one-year-old toddler in the back of this car. They may or may not have known about that. That's still part of the investigation. I think it's, um, I think it's sad when, when shootings like this take place. So my message would be to put the guns away and, and, and to stop with that type of violent behavior. A male and female were sitting inside of a car when they were shot at. The female suffered serious injuries. Investigators believe the male in that vehicle was the actual target. The Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office says a federal inmate that was being housed at the county jail died over the weekend after a use-of-force incident that involved a deputy. A press release from the Sheriff's Office did not identify the inmate or provide any details as to what led to that use-of-force incident. A spokesperson for the sheriff's office did say the deputy's use of force was normal and wasn't deadly force. The incident happened on Sunday morning. The inmate was in FBI custody, the death now being investigated by the FDLE. Well, Florida ranks at the top of the list for deadliest states for bicyclists. That, according to data from the National Traffic Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Uh, Florida saw 805 cyclist deaths between 2017 and 2021. California came second on the list with 712. When calculating the percentage of cyclist deaths to total road deaths, the top five deadliest states are Florida, New York, Hawaii, California, and Delaware. There's new recommendations on what the state can do to stop illegal immigration. A statewide grand jury Put together by Governor Ron DeSantis last year's released a report calling for all businesses to be required to verify that employees are legally allowed to work in the country. 
The report also recommends collecting a fee when someone sends money from Florida into a foreign country and looking further into non-governmental organizations that, that collect federal tax grants and encouraging migrants uh, to make the journey. It is 534, and let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast this morning. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. It is going to be a very chilly day today. Temperatures starting out in the 40s, warming up in the afternoon into the 50s for our highs. Overnight tonight, getting back into the 30s and 40s for your lows. As you go into your Wednesday, another chilly one. Temperatures going to be struggling to get into that 60 degree mark. 58 degrees for your high overall and back in the 40s as you go overnight. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson for the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. 44 in Pensacola, 45 in Gulf Breeze, and 44 in Milton. Our next news at 6. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne. News Radio 92.3. What does Christmas mean to you? Hey, Andrew McKay here. And at Christmas, what I think of is the original greatest miracle of God becoming flesh and living among us. A gift of incomparable size that we were given and out of appreciation for which we give gifts to each other. Merry Christmas. From all of us to all of you, Merry Christmas. News Radio 92.3. Formative, local, dependable. There is a big difference in the type of service you get from companies that do air duct cleaning. Hi, this is Todd from Gulf Coast Air Care, and I want you to know the difference between a quality job and a blow-and-go duct cleaning job. Let me ask you this. Do you really think you can get a one-carat diamond for 10 bucks? It's just like getting a $99 whole house duct cleaning. There are guidelines from the National Air Duct Cleaners Association and also the Better Business Bureau. A true inspection, cleaning, and restoration of an AC system includes the equipment and ductwork by a licensed and certified company. It's like a full detail for your car instead of the cheapy method of running it through a $5 wash and go. Air conditioners are expensive. Keeping them clean and well-maintained is a guaranteed way to have better health and comfort. So you decide what works for you, the $5 wash and go or a full detail top to bottom. At Gulf Coast Air Care, we take pride in the certifications and the licenses that we hold. If you want the best quality and award-winning customer service, you can find us on the web at gulfcoastaircare.com or call 934-2768. It's open enrollment time for health insurance. Have you signed up? Do you know where? Whether you currently have coverage or not, there are some important things you need to know. Have you signed up? Do you know where? Get your questions answered. Tune in today at 10 as Chad McHugh from Affiliated Insurance joins the Pensacola Expert Panel so you can get the facts and the latest information on health care. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The Pensacola Christmas Concert is back on News Radio 92.3. It's 24 hours of Christmas music from you, Pensacola. Local churches, local bands, local musicians, all right here on News Radio 92.3 all Christmas Day. We have music from the Pensacola Children's Chorus, the Pensacola Civic Band, Olive Baptist Church, the Perdido Brass, and more. And if you'd like your music to be part of the Pensacola Christmas Concert, send an email to christmas at newsradio923.com. Pensacola right now on at four right after Guy Benson on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable.
1038 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Ben Scola Morning News. Good to have you with us. Um, yesterday, I had a chance to talk to Santa Rosa County Sheriff Bob Johnson. Sheriff, happy Thanksgiving. Welcome back Bob to Ben Morning News, sir. Oh, hang on just a second here. We have, right now, all good now? Hey, good morning, Andrew. Yeah, I had a great Thanksgiving. Got to spend it with my 92-year-old father, oh, so wow. it was a good day. No, that's yeah. fan- that's fantastic. Um, I think a relatively light week. Uh, haven't had any major events. Is that right? Yep. Knock wood. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> hey, we, we will always take it. Um, I did want to ask you, though, a little bit, just because we're into that season now. It's Cyber Monday now, but, you know, people are they're out shopping. You know, it was Small Business yep. Saturday, uh, obviously Black Friday on Friday. But we're at that time of the year where everybody's happy and, you know, celebrating and doing their stuff. And maybe sometimes not taking as much um, thought for what the criminals might be trying to do to them while they're engaging in their activities, right? Yeah, you know, and the criminals celebrate this season, too, because, you know, that's it, it increases their chance of stealing stuff. Um, you know, you take your packages out to the car and you leave them on the front seat where they can be seen. And even though you lock the car, they'll do a smash and grab and that kind of thing. So we just tell people to make sure, you know, number one, keep your head on a swivel, especially in parking lots, you know, coming out of the store. Um, look for suspicious people. And if you're going to put your bags in and all your presents in the car, put it in the trunk or put it somewhere out of sight is the best way to do it. And always, you hear this ad nauseum from me, always lock your vehicle. I, I cannot disagree with any of that in the lock your vehicle part, especially I'm, I'm still in my brain. I'm super baffled by the don't lock their car people because especially when you have valuables, but just all the time, like, I mean, I, yeah. I lock the car in my own driveway <laughs> on those rare times I when I park it outside of the garage. It's always locked because why would I invite somebody to go and go through my stuff, which they will do, right? Yeah. And I, you know, I actually had a lady tell me, well, I, I leave it unlocked so they don't smash the window. <laughs> it's like, well, if it's locked, they're not going to smash a window unless you have something like a gun laying on the front seat that they can see. You know, they're going to go to the next car because they know, you know, one out of five cars is unlocked. They don't have to break a window. I was um, I was glad that you mentioned the thing about pay attention to sketchy people because, uh, you know, I, I, I know a lot of times I park my car at the grocery store or the mall or Walmart or wherever, and most of the time it's all fine. But, you know, sometimes there's somebody wandering around. At, I just kind of, yeah. you, you get that, you know, that spider sense, right? And you just say, okay, I'm just going to pay attention here for a minute and I will, you know, keep walking, but I will go back. I will look and I will make sure yep. that they moved on and they're not close to my car because if I'm a thief and I see somebody just pulled up and they're walking away, I'm hoping that they don't pay any attention to me, right? Right, right. And they, they know you're walking away. You're going into a store to shop, so you're not going to be back at your car for a few minutes. Yep. So uh, they got the time. And, you know, I tell everybody this, you know, your gut is always right. Always go with your first gut reaction and you'll be fine. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people ignore that little sense that they get. And sometimes, unfortunately, they pay the price for it. But uh, if you see somebody that worries you, it's probably for a reason. So just be careful. You know, I used to have a uh, martial arts instructor from many, many years ago. He always said same thing. He said, you know, obey your intuition and you'll save yourself 90 percent of your problems. You know, you're, you're a woman. You get into an elevator. A guy gets in. You don't feel good. Get off. Period. Right. Don't You know, don't talk yourself out of that weird feeling. Just act on it. Yeah, exactly right. 100%. So uh, one of the things, uh, you kind of mentioned it, and I wanted to ask you, I was kind of curious about this. You yeah. mentioned the, like, you know, leaving the gun on a seat, you know, and somebody's going to smash yeah. and grab it. There's a bill proposed. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. It's a Democrat bill, uh, Yvonne Hinson. But the bill is to uh, that a person can't store a firearm loaded or unloaded in an unoccupied, unsecured private con- a car uh, unless it's kept from ordinary observation 
uh, locked within a trunk, utility, or glove box, or some other locked container or secured uh, safely. Now, I, I'm interested because the bill didn't seem to say unlocked car. It just says you can't leave it out in view, which it's not really yeah. supposed to be out in view anyway in the car, right? So that's kind of an extension of that, but just basic common sense here, right? Yeah, and, you know, um, it, I think I get where she's trying to go, but they're going about it the wrong way. So every year we have a bunch of uh, handguns stolen out of unlocked vehicles. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think there's one person in Milton we've returned their handgun to them twice, <laughs> both times out of an unlocked vehicle. Oh um, so we preach that pretty uh, hot and heavy because the, most of the people breaking into these cars are the younger kids, you know, 17, 18 years old. So um, there's a reason why we don't let them possess a handgun until they're 21 because, you know, they're young. So, <laughs> right. um but anyway, so breaking into cars, they're getting these guns, and then, of course, the guns are being used in uh, crimes across the panhandle, and sometimes, unfortunately, it's even in homicides. So um, I get where she's trying to go, but that doesn't make any sense the way they're trying to get there, but that's a Democrat thing. So Yeah, and, and I, I don't think I would support the bill, but, you know, I, again, the problem she's trying to solve, I certainly recognize. And I think there's also, yeah. you know, people who aren't gun owners, they 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 try to solve these problems without really understanding like, for example, um, you know, carrying a concealed weapon is annoying, can be annoying. And so what some people do is they might keep a gun in their car locked because right. transporting it back and forth from their pers- from the house to the car is inconvenient. Maybe they're not supposed yeah. to have one at work, so they don't take it into work, but they just keep it locked in their, in their vehicle safely secured. And, and that's the kind of thing I could see why somebody would do that. You know, it's sort of yeah. an alternative, right? Yeah, no, I get it. And, and you know, there there's several ways to, to take care of a handgun. And, and, you know, I think the Democrats and most of the left want to just take them away, you know, from everybody, which, uh, you know, the gun-free zone of Chicago, obviously that works really well because I think they only have during a holiday weekend like 50 or 60 shootings in their gun-free zone. So, um, but what they don't understand is, you know, criminals are still going to have guns. That's why they're criminals. They break the law, and they're not just going to obey the, hey, no gun law, because you pass it. Um, they're going to keep their guns, and then you're going to have an unarmed population that can't defend it. Yeah, we share, that, the, we, we share the same yeah. opinion of the gun-free zone. Like, you know, to me, the, the gun-free zone is just advertising where the better place to strike is, you know, whether, I mean, across yeah. the board. So, uh, yeah. Well, Sheriff, I just wanted, I was just kind of curious what you thought about that, so I appreciate the perspective and certainly uh, the safety advice as we get into the holiday shopping season. Uh, I, I look forward to as many no-event weeks with you as I possibly can get because uh, that's, <laughs> that's good for the citizens of Santa Rosa County. <laughs> Sheriff Bob Johnson, yes, as always, thank you for the time, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Take care, Andrew. Absolutely. 546 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you're thinking about that next house, if you're thinking about a first house, if you're thinking about a third house or adding a house as a rental or, you know, maybe selling the one that you've got or selling any of the ones that you've got is now maybe the chance to do it. Well, you know, you need to talk to somebody who understands the market, understands your concerns and will maximize the price you get as a seller or minimize the price you secure it for as a buyer, right? That's what you want on both sides. That's the reason you hire a professional, not just to you know get the paperwork done, but to really get you the best possible deal in either direction. That's Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty. The things that they do to make houses sell, sell for good or buy and buy for good prices. It's just kind of amazing. I don't know how they do it. They, I mean, you know, 
233 homes sold last year. It's kind of amazing. Uh, getting homes sold sometimes in the same day, a day or two is very common. Sometimes still, even in this market, uh, above list price still happens or buying at below asking price because they know how to work with even some of the new builds. I was talking to Christine about this one time and she said, uh, yeah, even on the new builds, they can uh, work deals because, you know, the people that have the inventory, they're kind of motivated right now. And uh, sometimes you can get them to like buy down your points on. I mean, there's just there's all kinds of stuff that you can do if you're creative and if you know what the parameters are and you know what to ask for that's reasonable not to ask for crazy things. So and they know they know from having done so many deals. So if you want somebody like that working for you on either side or both sides, if you're buying and selling uh, Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty, 723-9158. A lot of love goes into a Subaru, and thanks to the 2023 Subaru Share the Love event, a lot of love comes out, too. Right now, when you purchase or lease a new Subaru, Subaru will donate $250 to your choice of four nationally recognized charities, the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. Or choose our local charity, the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association, and Anderson Subaru will donate an extra $150 to Subaru's donation. And for every routine Subaru vehicle service visit, Anderson Subaru will donate $5 more to the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association. So far, we've donated over $140,000 to help fight breast cancer in Pensacola. Be a part of something bigger at the Subaru Share the Love event, November 16th through January 2nd. Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. $250 donation for new purchase or lease. Promotion ends January 2nd. See retailer or andersonsubaru.com slash share for details. Hi, I'm Terrence A. Gross. As many of you know, I am a local board-certified personal injury lawyer, and I have practiced in this community for almost 40 years. Our law firm handles only people that have been injured due to the negligence of another. Join me this Wednesday at 1030 on Pep Talk as we discuss all aspects of personal injury law. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Delicious seafood is what you'll find at David's Catfish House. David's Catfish serves only the best Mississippi catfish and fresh Gulf seafood, as well as generous portions of southern sides. Every Tuesday is two times Tuesday. Buy the six-piece shrimp dinner and get six more shrimp for free every Tuesday. Wednesday is lunch special day. Serving fresh seafood daily, visit David's Catfish House on Dogwood Drive in Milton and New Warrington Road in Pensacola. Welcome to David's, where southern and seafood meet. What's fun and happening in Pensacola? You'll find out as the City of Pensacola Parks and Recreation Department talks about it here on the Pensacola Expert Panel today as they detail what's going on in your resource centers, parks, recreation programs, and at the Community Maritime Park. It's a great month to get out and play, Pensacola. Tune in today at 1030. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This is Renee with Jim's Firearms wishing you a safe holiday. Please don't text and drive. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Darren Costello at Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli Fine Wine and Cheeses. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Jessica with Pensacola's Kia Autosport wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Get the Midday News live with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. 11 to 2, before Guy Benson on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Who are you? Who's he? 
I'm the player to be named later. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Good to have you with us. It's parade time. We got the Gulf Breeze Parade Saturday morning. We got the Navarre Parade Saturday afternoon. We got the Milton Parade uh, Saturday night. And then the following week, we got the Pensacola Christmas Parade. So it is uh, all parades all the time. Everywhere you want to go, there's a parade. And everywhere you go, we'll be there. Because we're in all these parades. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines this morning. David? Former President Jimmy Carter planning to attend the memorial service for his wife today despite being in hospice care. Services for former First Lady Rosalind Carter began on Monday. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer planning to bring a bill tying Israel and Ukraine funding to the floor as soon as next week. President Biden requesting $106 billion from Congress for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan and border funding. And, uh, well, this is the week. Two of the most well-known governors in the U.S. facing off in a televised debate. Governor Ron DeSantis and uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom will be debating Thursday night. And uh, Fox News host Sean Hannity will be debating that one. Is it? I thought it was tomorrow night. I believe it's Thursday. Okay. Double check the date. Let me double check. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I, I I just read it yesterday and I thought, oh great, Wednesday evening fun. So, but I you know I I might have misremembered. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. I weirdly I'm not looking forward to it as much as I at one time. It seems to have it's like the Elon Musk uh, Mark Zuckerberg fight, which isn't going to happen, I guess, or is going to happen. Or I mean, have you heard anything about that? I know I haven't. Uh, so it seemed like a great idea in the beginning, and now I'm not sure. Now it just seems like homework. <laughs> so we'll yeah, see. Thursday night. It is Thursday night. Thursday the 30th. Night. Okay, yep. all right, fair enough. Glad I was wrong. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 553 here on News Radio 923. Um, interesting case in front of the Supreme Court today. The um, Supreme Court today is going to hear a case about double jeopardy. You know, double jeopardy is the, the idea that once you've been acquitted for something, you can never be tried for that same thing again, right? That was a great movie. <laughs> right. And I mean, there's been lots of, you know, Law movies, law cases in TV shows made about this principle, right? And, and I mean, all kinds, including, you know, where the, you know, the person who looks like they're the bad person and then, you know, they get on trial and somebody else, you know, acquits them and then they, re, they reciprocate and then everybody's innocent and nobody can be. Okay, anyway, the basic principle is you can't be tried over and over again for the same thing that you're acquitted of one time. Well, in a very, very weird case. You had a jury return a verdict that, and it had to do with criminal competency and insanity and sort of the nuances of who can and cannot be held accountable for a crime. So in this case, it wasn't that they, you know, it wasn't about whether they did the thing. It was about whether they were eligible to be punished for it. Okay. And because there were two different charges related to the incident, the jury came back with, inconsistent like logically can't both be true but they did manage to come back with a one was a not guilty and one was a guilty 
And the reason they're, you know, inconsistent is because for the one to be true, it would have had to create a level of either culpability or not culpability that would have made the other one impossible to come to, right? Okay. Well, the jury got it crazy. Okay. And now the state in Georgia is wanting to continue the prosecution because they say, well, this means that, you know, there was no verdict issued because the verdict is illogical. The verdict doesn't happen. Therefore, there hasn't been an acquittal. Therefore, we can try this person again. And the guy's lawyers say, well, it's not for you to decide that there wasn't a verdict. There was a verdict. Even if it's irrational, the jury came to a verdict. They acquitted him, at least on one version of the charges. Therefore, you can't charge him for that again. So this is, if it sounds a bit obtuse and complicated, it is the... I suspect that the legal nuances are going to be a big part of this conversation today. But it is interesting because it's sort of a you know basic bedrock principle of our system of government that once you've been acquitted of a crime, you can't be charged again with that same crime. And here you have somebody who has been both convicted and acquitted. And does that mean that they've been acquitted and can't be tried again? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> That's what the... See, the Supreme Court, I know a lot of times it can feel like you know, well, the things that the Supreme Court gets asked about are very easy to figure out. Um, just trust me when I say, and and it, look, it, there are a lot of unanimous verdict, uh, unanimous rulings by the Supreme Court. That's true, and it's, that's an important thing to say. Most of the rulings are unanimous, but even the unanimous ones are typically not super obvious. Because if it were super obvious, then the lower courts wouldn't have come to inconsistent rulings, which is a very common reason why things go to the Supreme Court. So I know it can seem as a sort of outsider that what the Supreme Court is handling, how can this be a controversy? Trust me, when you really get into it, and I, I listen to a lot of Supreme Court oral arguments and read a lot of opinions. I love the Supreme Court. They're a fascinating place where the best philosophy is done in the land. And I'm just telling you, as you know, a person who's relatively well-informed, um, the Supreme Court handles the most difficult, complicated Cases where either the law is unclear or the law might be at odds with other, you know, like the Constitution. And we're trying to figure out what it actually says. So um, this is one of those where, you know, even as I'm reading, I'm like, well, I think the state's going to lose. <laughs> but it is a weird case. So that's why the Supreme Court gets involved. Meanwhile, in Fairhope, you know how Pensacola is going through some changes. At least the mayor says he wants to do some changes to the parking downtown and eliminate the free parking in the core and, uh, you know, extend the hours of parking to be late at night, maybe till midnight uh, to, you know, require paid parking through the app a lot of places and kind of expand that. You know, there's a lot of talk behind. We've had a lot of conversations about this. Um, and you might say, well, that's, um, you know, that's changing my willingness to go downtown in my car, right? That's what a lot of people have said to me is they don't want to really go downtown in their car anymore because they feel like it's a, it's a ginnem. Well, it could be worse, could be Foley, Alabama. In Foley, apparently, the um, the city has just reduced the speed limit. Oh, sorry, not in Foley, in Fairhope. It's my, my, my fault. In Fairhope. The city has just reduced the speed limit from 25 to 15. So bicycle speed <laughs> when you're going through downtown. Uh, they say it's going to take a little while to get used to, um, but, you know, they are going to enforce. So I would just recommend that if you go to downtown Fairhope anytime soon, um, unless you want to walk away with a speeding ticket for $200, then I wouldn't go 20 I would pay attention and go slow. 
It's 50, by the way, have you ever you ever driven 15 miles an hour in a car? Oh, good Lord. People people walk by you. <laughs> the, the, the lady in the walker. <laughs> it's like the opening scene of Office Space, right? <laughs> She's gaining on you. Um, yeah, it's it's brutal. But what they say is, you know, all the pedestrians across walks, downtown, like Palafox, you know, downtown Fairhope, same kind of thing. Um, it's just one of those places where you don't want people zipping through there at whatever crazy breakneck 23 miles an hour that they might be going. So... Just a word to the wise. Oh, and I love this story. You've got a player in the NFL who liked to trash talk opponents, which is, I guess, a penalty at a certain level. So he kept getting penalized for it. So what he did is he learned how to trash talk without speaking. He learned American Sign Language so that he could sign his insults and not get penalized for it. That's devotion to bilingual insults, man. Traffic on the fives, weekdays on News Radio 923, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.